Thank you, Your Honor. Protecting the safety of the Queen is a task that's gladly accepted by police squad. For no matter how silly the idea of having a Queen might be to us, as Americans, we must be gracious and considerate hosts. Uh, thank you, Lieutenant Revan. Of course, we all have a stake in seeing that this portion of the Queen's American Goodwill Tour is completely and we can all take pride that the Queen has chosen our sister um, Indeed, it is for all the people who will be able to share in the, uh, the celebration especially will be the Queen's public appearances. Um, we also would like to... And welcome to another episode of A Thousand and One by One, where we take a film out of the wonderful book, A Thousand and One Movies You Must See Before You Die, discuss it, analyze it, and ultimately decide whether or not it should be in the book. My name is Adam St. John. And my name is Ian Woodington. And before we get to Ian's favorite movie of all time, The Naked Gun... Okay, I don't hate it. No, 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 no. I know, I know, I know. Just, okay, um, before we get to talk about the Naked Gun, uh, unlike last week where we didn't really have any true recommendations, um, we are going to go back to our normal format and bring you some recommendations this week. Ian, what do you have for us? All right. So this week I have um, Frank, which is a little independent dark comedy came out about 2014 directed by Lenny Abrahamson who would turn around and do himself a complete 180 mm-hmm. as we're doing today with this episode from last week's episode he turned around from Frank and made Room yeah. which is one of the hardest 180s I think I've ever seen in a filmography and and one of the hardest movies to watch yeah just period but yeah. anyway Frank is about um there's this when we first meet him there's this guy named John played by uh, Brendan Gleeson's son, Domhnall Gleeson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is a budding songwriter, but he can't seem to, you know, he stood there on the beach trying to improvise tunes and he's not coming up with anything. And then he gets something and he runs home and he starts banging it out on the piano. And he goes, oh, Jesus, it's a madness song. You know, guys who did Our House and Baggy Trousers, the British ska band. Uh, anyway, through a series of circumstances, he's just walking home and uh, sees this guy trying to throw himself into the sea. And this guy, it turns out, is the keyboardist from a band called the Sorenferbs, which is a name impossible to say without trying to sound like you're doing a mocking Irish accent or something like that. There were originally more syllables and more letters in it, but they had to get the name down to something that you could actually say sure. in the film. Yeah, yeah. And included in this band is uh, Scott uh, Scoot McNary, um, as well as Maggie Gyllenhaal, mm-hmm. who plays one of those uh, theremin things. Yes, yeah, She's yeah. Crazy. She is nuts in this. But the star, played by Michael Fassbender, is Frank, and Frank has a giant papier mache head, 
And, you know, any questioning about it, you know, why are you wearing a head? He has, I have a certificate is, is his excuse for wearing the head. It's brilliant. So anyway, he gets roped into joining this band because they need a replacement keyboardist, the, the John character. And he goes off with them into the middle of nowhere to record the album. And while all this is going on and they're doing some very crazy experimental stuff, recording, you know, insane stuff, you know, making up instruments and recording silence. And there's a great shot in the trailer where they're just recording the sound of Frank jumping. Just weird little shit like that. He's also tweeting and putting all the everything they're doing on Facebook and building a following for them that the rest of the band aren't aware of. And they get invited to South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. where things go just disastrously wrong. But uh, it's, on the surface, you think it's just this this quaint little experimental comedy about this crazy-ass band, but it actually does deal a lot with with mental illness and depression, and once you start to get deeper into the Frank character and and figure out why it is that he wears the head and his tortured soul his his, the tortured artistry that he can't seem to to realize his potential because maybe he's being held back by the head but the head is the only way that he can perform uh anyway it was on my mind this movie because i was watching a a documentary uh called being frank so this this character is actually based on a real guy who created this character frank sidebottom who had the over large paper mache head yeah and this character kind of consumed this guy who wasn't himself an artist and a pioneer when it came to music but misunderstood and never really achieved success except through frank yeah which inhibited everything else in his life but I, so they're both recommended watches for me. So the, the documentary is called Being Frank, the Chris Sivey story. And then, of course, the Michael Fassbender film, Frank, which is hysterically funny and also very, very touching. I keep so I, I gave you. A I, I was just going to say, I keep pulling it out as, as something to watch. And Melissa and I will try to narrow down movies and, and I'll, I'll keep it in. And eventually she go, I don't want to watch this tonight. I'm like, fuck. All right. So I, keep, I just keep I keep throwing it out there. But I, I just haven't quite found the time yet. I wasn't quite sure what to think of it the first time I saw it because we're at this point in Michael Fassbender's career, he had done shame. So yeah. he had done very flawed characters, but he's also a very masculine man. He's kind of, I like to think of him, I don't know if he's there yet or not because he keeps making poor choices That's recently. Very, very true, yeah. Uh, but I've always kind of looked at him as sort of our generation Steve McQueen. Okay. Not to do with any of the racing aspects of his life, but there's yeah. a certain, that kind of persona. Okay. You know, he, he does have that devil-may-care attitude about him, you know, and he's a, a gorgeous, he's a, he's a gorgeous-looking guy, but yeah. he, that seems to be something that he doesn't care about. Like, he's got a look and a style and an edge, but it's all kind of ancillary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. fun comparison. Well, it's, I'm just going to, he's my he's my man crush, so I'm going to talk about him there every chance go. I get. You do you, do you man. Yeah, yep. I mean, I would, I wouldn't. But offered, I would have to pause. Okay. Well, there you go. That's something. Now we know more about you. That's great. I I love it. Um, so so my my recommendation is a little more geared towards like the Naked Gun, and I, I realize that I tend to go on brief little tangents as to how I got to the recommend, and that's not going to stop. So here's another one. Um, it was well, we just had Labor Day weekend not too long ago, and um, it was Sunday night, and I was like, oh my god, I don't have to work tomorrow. I was fucking thrilled about it, and so. Uh, we we were gonna we were decided we were gonna watch a couple of movies and I've had the police story Criterion uh, for a while now and uh, been I 
you know, it's a bit hard to talk Melissa into watching it. And then eventually she tells me that she's never seen a Jackie Chan movie before. I was like, oh, well, let's, we're going to fix that. We're Wait, gonna... she's never seen Rush Hour? Which is leading right to my recommendation. Oh, here we go. Yep. Okay, I got you. So we watch, we watch Police Story, and she goes, oh, I like this. This was fun. Um, I, I want to know more about him. And I go, well, you've seen Rush Hour, right? She goes, no. And I go, you have never seen Rush Hour? Are you kidding me? And so we got really drunk and watched Rush Hour at like 10 o'clock at night. And it was fucking awesome. And so my recommendation this week is Rush Hour. Uh, in case you haven't seen it, I, I actually really, really enjoyed this movie. It's it's Jackie Chan before he gets like too Americanized big. Like it's it's before Shanghai Nights and Shanghai Noon. And it, he, it's before they we really don't know what to do with Jackie Chan. Well, this is, the, he, this is how he broke into America, right? It was or had he done some other stuff before that? It, it depends on how you look at that. Because I, I think Rumble in the Bronx did a good job of getting him more Americanized. But this was the first really big American movie he well, was and in. Well, it was the the big hit, his first big hit. Yes, right? exactly. Yeah. And and Chris is Chris Tucker at the height of his power. And you know, this is a movie where Chris Tucker's comedy and Jackie Chan's martial arts both really get to shine and they they work so well together and, and i mean if you haven't seen this movie the 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 plot is uh the chinese consulate's daughter uh is is kidnapped and and they want a ransom and so uh the consulate consul han has jackie chan who is like a friend and a personal like a, i would say maybe like a personal guard or whatever to the family come over from china to help investigate while uh chris tucker who plays uh detective carter uh, is on the lapd and he's kind of a fuck up and he's given the shitty assignment of basically keeping uh, uh, Jackie Chan's character, Detective Lee, busy so that the FBI can do their thing. But that doesn't happen. And uh, they, they, they get in the way and they interfere, but they, but they really are actually trying to help. And uh, it's, it's a comedy and it's PG-13 and you know what you're getting into. So everything, everything goes the way it's supposed to. Um, a lot of weird kind of cameos. Chris Penn is in this. John Hawks is in it. I forget John Hawks is in this as like a map seller for like two minutes. Um, and uh, oh, what is her name? She's the she's one of the voices in The Incredibles and she's in Jacob's Ladder. I can't think of her name. Uh, Holly Hunter? No, not Holly Hunter. Um, ah, no, I, I'm not. I'm, oh, I'm not going to pull it. It's not going to happen. But she's in it too. And uh, oh, my, like one of my favorite character actors of all time, Philip Baker Hall, is in it. It's it's just it's a it's I actually really enjoy this movie a lot. And it reminds me of, you know, being in middle school and it was one of those movies and it was such a, it was, it's 97, right? Yes. Yeah. It was such, it honestly was such a blast See, to, and I, to revisit. I still have not seen the third one. I'm in no rush I haven't to, either. Yeah. But I do remember not hating the second one. No, I didn't either. It, it's, it, 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 I think that one tends to go more towards, um, the, the martial arts just a little bit more and the humor isn't quite as funny, um, but there's, I told Melissa, I go, like I said, this movie has one of my favorite lines and it's not because the line is funny, but it's the circumstance. And so it's right towards the end of the movie and Jackie Chan is chasing down Tom Wilkinson, who was also in this movie, which is just crazy talk. And uh, he's chasing him down and uh, they got this big briefcase of money and Tom Wilkinson is trying to knock Jackie Chan off of the top of this like, you know, scaffolding thing. And uh, as, he, as the briefcase hits one of the railings, it, it, it explodes open and uh, it's it starts raining down money, and that's right as Chris Tucker walks in, and he looks up and he says, "Thank you, God." It is it is abs. It's just it's one of the funniest moments, and I I love it to pieces. I love it, and uh, yeah, it I I can't even say that this is like a, a 
like a soft recommend. I highly recommend this movie. I love it. Yeah, I well, I wouldn't even call it a guilty pleasure. It's a well-made film. Oh yeah, it, it, I I I I don't I don't bashfully say I like this movie. I I really enjoy this movie, and uh, and I, I think between seeing, uh, you know, a, a, a kind of an early Jackie Chan picture with police story, which is rough. It's 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 okay, but it's rough. And then seeing something like this, I, Melissa's like actually she goes, goes I'm I'm attracted to Jackie Chan because I got kind of a. A Jackie Chan thing. I'm like, well, if it means that we can watch more Jackie Chan movies, I'm I'm okay with it. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, like, it's funny you bring up Jackie Chan. There's a I saw a meme weeks and weeks ago. It was a four panel thing, and it's you know actors with their stuntmen, and so it's like Brad Pitt, and it's so it's like three different very famous actors with their stuntmen, and when it gets to the final panel, it's, it's just, just Jack, it's yep. just Jackie yep. Chan by himself. Yeah, I mean. The the crazy stunts in Rush Hour aren't really there, but in Police Story, there's a he's dangling off a moving bus. It's it's yeah. Anyways, so yeah, my recommend my recommended movie this week is Rush Hour, which I think in a very kind of silly way does bring us right into talking about. Well, it's much closer than mine. Yeah, this week's film, uh, The Naked Gun, files from the police squad. Um, so uh, this movie is direct well okay, this has one director right this is just yeah, david it, zucker it's just david zucker but i mean it's the creative team of zucker zucker and abrams yes and and apparently uh pat proft who also did some some work on the screenplay right. um and then the the cast leslie nelson uh plays uh, uh frank drebin who is Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, he's reprising his role from, yeah, from the, the TV show. So this is yes. based on a very short-lived show that they tried to do, and they, they were cut off. They Holy knew, squad. Yeah, they knew they were being cut off about episode five, so I think there's six total. I had a hell of a time trying to track down full episodes of it. I found clips. Oh, yeah. But there's no... I, full... I, I can't say that I even looked. Oh, you didn't? No. Oh. Well, that's you no, didn't. There you go. You didn't miss anything. I, 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 hey, I did listen to Hearts of Darkness for the podcast last week. So, yeah, so you did. You, know. you did more than I did well, on that one. Yeah, whatever. But uh, there was a great quote that I saw. I, I watched an interview with Les Nielsen talking about the TV show mm-hmm. and leading into the making of the movie, and he was talking about how one of the executives at whatever network it was on said, "Oh, it's a great show. The problem is, is that you actually have to watch it." You know, it's not a sitcom. What where, does that mean? Well, what it means is those you know, sitcoms, you know the basic kind of formula. You okay. know, you know what's going to happen. You've got a laugh track to tell you when something Shh. funny has oh, happened. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But with when they because of the slapstick nature and the visual sort of gags that are rampant through all of the Zucker and Abrams movies, you know, you you have to pay attention. I yeah. mean, it's it's quick. I mean, yeah. I'll. I'll I've derailed this too much from the stats, but we'll come back around. So oh, yeah, having yeah, yeah. the idea of having to watch it. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, uh, Leslie Nielsen plays Frank Drebin. Uh, Priscilla Presley plays Jane Spencer. Ricardo Montalban plays Vincent Ludwig. That's right. Khan himself. Um, George Kennedy plays Ed Hocken. Uh, the infamous OJ Simpson plays Nordberg. And then uh, the only other one I had uh, that I, I, I was uh, uh, Nancy Marchand who plays the mayor or you might know her as the mom in Sopranos. Sopranos. Yeah, there you go. Uh, which uh, is a fun, weird little piece of, of trivia that I wasn't aware of at the time because she looks very different in this movie. Um, it actually took going to IMDb to go, oh wait, that that's her, isn't it? So, anyways, I had a couple other actors. The, a Weird Al makes an appearance uh, well, as okay. himself. Yes, uh, he's actually he's in all three. 
Naked Gun movies. He he plays himself again in the third one, and then he's like a stick up guy in the second one. Oh my god, I don't. I've never seen the second. I so I've never seen the second one, but I have seen the third one. Oh weird. Yeah. I haven't seen the other two, and I certainly wasn't gonna bother watching them for this. I the third one has a a a bit that I I think I don't know if I've shown you the bit, but I oh I think I have because it's a bit it, it mocks the Great Escape and um and Shawshank in the same same movie. Anyways, uh, oh that's that's a. Uh, hats off to them for going for gold on that one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so sorry. We're, we're oh, the then. other, the only other one was uh, Jeanette Charles, who plays Queen Elizabeth II. Oh my God, that's I lo- right. I looked at her filmography. She has spent her entire career just playing Queen Elizabeth. That's all she's done. <laughs> that's so great. Literally, there is nothing else on her filmography. She did it in. Uh, she's the Queen and Gold member. She's in European Vacation. She's done it on a bunch of TV shows, but she's literally made a career out of playing the Queen. Well, you were, you were mentioning when we're talking about uh, Apocalypse Now that Joe Estevez made a career out of basically having the voice of his brother. Yeah, so exactly. You know, if you if you can do one thing really yeah. well, you, work it. Man. Yeah, man. Uh, no, no harm, no foul there. Um, <laughs> Uh, the Zuckers and 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 Jim Abrahams have one other film in the book, Airplane, um, and this movie does not have any accolades. Not really. Um, it it has one nomination. I found a single nomination. So the 1989 American Comedy Awards, uh, Nielsen was nominated for leading actor. He lost to uh, Hanks for Big. Oh, yeah. would you like to know the other three men nominated? Why not? Let's do it. Let's pad the running time on this thing. <laughs> Uh, De Niro was actually nominated for King. Midnight Run. Oh, I have you, you haven't have you seen that yet? That was a recommend a long time ago. I did watch it when I saw these. Who was nominated? Yeah. I did. I picked up a copy of Midnight Run for like five bucks. Yeah, I watched, it's yeah, it's pretty good. I loved it. It's a little long. It is long, yeah. But De Niro has a moment in it that fucking slayed me. Absolutely slayed me. And I actually, I had looked away from the TV for a minute. Liz was watching it with me. She's like, oh my God, you have to wind this back and watch it because it's split second. You miss. Yeah. It's when he jacks Yafet Koto's uh, FBI badge and then he he's walking down the street with it and he turns back to camera and flashes it. Like he's all suave and like, FBI, freeze, that kind of thing. And then he just keeps walking like nothing happened. Oh, yeah. It, that's, that's great. De Niro is so fucking good in it. And of course, I... The Charles Grodin. Charles Grodin, yeah. Right. I had to... I, Liz was like, where... I know that face. Where Beethoven. I? Yeah, I was like, yeah. he's the dad in Beethoven. Although, you know what's funny? To a different generation, he, he was on a TV show uh, in the 80s. I don't remember which one. No. But uh, other podcasts I've, I listened to have talked about this movie before. And he was... He was more known from that. But I think to our generation, he's he's the dad in Beethoven. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah very much so. So the, the other two guys nominated for uh, leading actor at the American Comedy Awards were both John Cleese and Kevin Klein for Fish Called Wanda. Oh, there you go. And I'm going to assume you can guess who I would go out of those five if I had to pick that award. I'm going Kevin Klein. Okay. I wasn't, I was like, oh God, is it, is I mean, it would you say Cleese? No, Cleese is, Cleese is, Good. Okay. I, mean, no. he's, oh, Kevin, he's, I love Kevin Klein. He, he's fine yeah. in Fish Called Wonder, but Kevin Klein is masterful. Yeah. It, that's very, uh, yeah. That performance is so good. And I cannot wait to get to that episode because it is in the book. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be yeah. great. I, I don't have a stat, but I do have something else um, because I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this because I know we've talked a little bit about comedies before. So Empire did a top 50 comedies not too long ago. I I have, I actually have the top 12. I have the from top the 10. List. Oh, perfect. So... Okay, well, 
There you go. Look, well, same track. Perfect. So what's 12? Because I didn't go that far uh, back. Well, the only reason I grabbed the, the other two is because I had so heavily talked about Dr. Strangelove in our recap episode, and that ah. was my number one film yes, that we had, had covered yep. so far in season one. So yeah, Dr. Strangelove is number 12. Uh, Big Lebowski is number 11. Okay, yep. And then sure, then and then uh, number 10 is Ghostbusters. Number nine is Anchorman. Uh, eight is Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Seven is The Naked Gun, which is why I brought it up. Number six is Monty Python and the Life of Brian. Number five is Airplane. Number four, Some Like It Hot. Number three, When Harry Met Sally. Number two, This is Spinal Tap. And number one, Groundhog Day. Um, the re- And the thing about this top ten that I think is interesting is that only one of them is not in the book. Anchorman, which I think did, that should be in the book. And um, but I just, I thought this was really funny because as much as this book has a lot of obscure old foreign whatever movies in it, I'm I'm happy to actually kind of be reminded that oh wait there are there's a healthy quite a few. amount of comedies in this book. Now I'm sure the ordering to you is is not necessarily the greatest. Yeah, it's a weird list. I I mean when Harry Met Sally is a it is, it is a funny movie, but it's more of like a it's more of a dramedy. I wouldn't call it like a straight. I wouldn't just lump it straight into the comedy genre. It's got, a, it's got obviously the very famous scene with the "I'll have what she's having," but yeah. I didn't laugh out loud through "When Harry Met Sally" in the same way that I would through "Big Lebowski," yeah, a lot or of Ghostbusters, or "Life of Brian." Yeah, actually, I also made sure to to note where "With Nail and I" was on the list. It's number nineteen, so it, le- oh, okay. it at least cracks the top twenty. I I think you know I haven't seen that. So. I know, yeah, yeah. but you're. I'm aware how of, of my love for yes, it. Yes, I yeah. am. Um, so yeah, I just I, th- I thought that was kind of a fun list to, to look at, and and you know, besides some like it hot, these are really all. Not, I mean, not recent. I mean, obviously they, these are obviously from the '80s, but some like it hot feels the most dated. I think out of all of these movies. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it was just it was kind of a fun list to see, and and uh, you know, I'm sure as we eventually get to some of these other movies, we'll see how we kind of think about them on the list, and um. But yeah, I mean, and you 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 visually scoffed at me when I said I think Angerman should be in the book. I absolutely think it should be in the book, and uh, yeah, so there you have it. I I'm gonna leave that one where it lays. I I have no I have no comment. Okay, that's fine. Um, this movie is not on the IMDb uh, top two fifty. Uh, it has a, an eighty seven percent critical and an eighty four percent audience on Rotten Tomatoes. That is obscenely high. You really you think so? I I do. I think there's a lot of nostalgia driving why this this movie should be in the book. That's because so funny. Airplane's already in here. I get it. But they're both funny. Yeah. I mean, one is definitely funnier than the other. Do you think Airplane is? Uh, well, okay. Here's here's what I should say. Do I, it. Do it. I think Airplane means more to more people, and I I I hear people quote Airplane more than I then I hear people quote Naked Gun, and so that's why I say I think one is significantly funnier than the other because it's stuck around in the, the zeitgeist longer. Sure. I don't really have an opinion of, of either of them, so I'm sorry this may be a little bit of a dry episode coming from my end at least. Um, I'm, I'm struggling already to find nice things to say about this film. I do have my, my I won't call it my laugh count, I have my chuckle slashed moments that amused me count see the 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 problem with this movie i feel like is that i it's just it just feels like i just want to list off all the bits 
Right. Because because I I, I, I I laughed a lot. It's it's the same problem I think we had. And the, the comparison I kept drawing, I was like, oh my God, these guys want to be the modern day Marx Brothers as yes. far as the quick wittedness yeah. of it, the, the slapstick, the rapid fire nature, not even allowing you to digest the last joke before we're on to the next one. Yeah. Oh, it, it's it is hard to keep up with at times, but um, I don't. It, it's not so verbal that I found myself getting lost. Unlike the Marx Brothers, where it's you don't get a second to rest. And, and right. the greater there's, there are, there's a lot more visual gags. Yes. In well, just all of Zucker and Abrams' work. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. Overall. So I mean, to, to describe the plot of this movie, basically, uh, Ricardo Montalban is a is a bad guy who is importing. Uh, well, he's smuggling something, but also the big the big plot of the movie. Oh, he's just got his fingers in everything, apparently. Oh, he's yeah, doing yeah. heroin and technology. But and... he 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 wants to assassinate Queen Elizabeth. That is Do they ever say why he wants to? Uh, or is I, it just I don't even know. Yeah. I'm not even sure. Well, here's here's the deal. If you're not in on the very first scene, just turn it off. Yeah. Because because that oh my god, I think that I think it's fucking hysterical. Um so, so yeah, basically, so, okay. Ricardo Montalban wants to kill Queen Elizabeth and uh, Leslie Nielsen playing Frank Drebin is on the the uh, police squad, which is this elite, you know, the elite section of the, the police department. And he's basically there to try to stop it. And um, Ricardo Montalban sends Jane uh, Presley to basically intercept and stop him, but she actually falls for him and they have a relationship. And there's a lot of uh, blatant noir, double indemnity style blocking and... Uh, and dialogue between the two of them. Uh, and and ultimately, Leslie Nielsen saves the day, but basically, he's probably not even sure how he does it. So uh, so basically, here's where we get into the moments where we laughed a lot. So I think we should start right at the top because uh, we get a bit where O.J. Simpson tries to bust this, this ring of smugglers. And where it, he kicks through the door, I did like that. Like, he's trying to kick the door and his foot goes through. Do you, do you want to jump right over the opening scene, though? Oh my god! Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. I, that I, 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 by opening, I thought you meant like after the credits, the cold no. open, yeah, the, the cold, cold open yes. where we have the the ring of terrorists. Yeah, essentially like the fucked up version of a G seven summit. Not that, you know, the last one was great. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, what do you want to? I, I was because so this is not my first time seeing it. I no. saw it like ten years ago, and because it was in the book, and it was like I instantly forgot it. So this is it was very fresh sure. going back yeah, yeah, yeah. and seeing it again, and it felt like a first time viewing because of how little I cared the first this time. Is probably around. my third time is like, it? seeing it. Yeah, uh, but it, I was shocked by the people they cast as the the dictators and the terrorists. Just how much, especially the guy they picked to play Putin. Yeah. Oh, oh my God! That that it's like looking at Putin. It's incredible my favorite is uh is gorbachev and uh when he wipes off the the birthmark oh yeah i it? knew it <laughs> i mean it's and this movie is severely dated oh, not just God. in the jokes but also in the i mean it's very much what was happening in 1988 i mean this is which is part of the reason why i think zucker and abrams are even in the book to begin with there is they're they're in there for nostalgia reasons because their movies don't hold up See, I don't know it's that, I, that it doesn't hold up because I, I, I still laughed a fuckload through this movie. I just think it's it's dated in a sense of, they you know, Airplane is very dated in the sense that, you know, you've got this white woman attempting to talk jive because, and, and, and that's dated in another way. 
Um, but I still think that the, the moments in this movie on these movies are very funny. And, and it's those, it's those non time period specific moments that I think. Yes. Really that's, those are where it's it. strength lie, yeah. especially the, uh, the one that killed me was, um, when he goes back to the scene of the crime, you know, where he's, he's, uh, after, after OJ has been shot to pieces and falls off the deck, which, and, which I've got to come back to. Yeah. But the, it's the, uh, it's the chalk outline that's and, floating <laughs> in the Harbor. That's great. Yeah. That is, that is genius. And, and, but then, so I, I had to write this down because there is, there's so many, so OJ Simpson goes to kick the door in and his foot, get, his foot gets stuck. There are seven guys with guns pointed at him. And when O.J. Simpson says, put your gun down, one guy actually does. Yeah. Very funny. Yeah. Then, we don't know how many times he gets shot. A lot. And then this is the sequence of events. He hits his head. He puts his hand on the, on the, uh, the um, not the fire, but the, uh, the it's stove. It's like a wood-burning stove, yeah. yeah. He, leans against, he leans against a wall that has wet paint. His fingers get caught in the windowsill. His head falls into a wedding cake, and then he goes into a bear trap, and then he falls over into the water. That's I mean, it's, it's every slapstick trope. Like, and, and if it was any other movie, I think you say, "Oh shit!" They just blew their wad right up front. <laughs> yeah, which I think is the point. So I, I, I just I had to read all that out because it, it, it's just so goddamn funny. And then also like, and it's the kind of movie. I mean, they know what they're making. There's a line in that scene where it says. This completes our first shipment of heroin. <laughs> Nobody says these things no. out loud. No. Right? Which is, it's gold. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I just think this movie is, I, I just thought that was so great. Um, the, next, the next big one that kills me is when they're in the hospital with OJ and he's trying to get across, you know, no, there's a, the heroin. And he's like, well, her- I can't get you heroin. That's a tall order, man. I can maybe get yeah. something for you. Like, I love you. Yeah. Okay, well, I, let's 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 not talk about that yeah, right now. Yeah, that's the, the "I love you" is the name of the ship. Yep, yep, yep. God, I mean, uh, oh, and and in that in that same scene, he has a fifty-fifty chance of living, and even then, there's a ten percent chance of that. Right. Which is great because I associate that kind of joke with Anchorman, where he says, you know, ninety percent of the time it works every time. That that doesn't make any sense. So this this he has a fifty-fifty chance of living, and even then, there's a ten percent chance of that. I just doesn't Nilsson like look at the camera after that? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> That, I mean, probably. I mean, there's a couple of fourth wall breaks in it. That's the the level of of humor for anybody who hasn't seen it. That's what you're getting into. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then just the the absurdity of the the queen visiting for no real reason. Yeah, she's she the queen is on a tour. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what we do with her. We just take her out every once in a while, dust her off, and then go out on tour and then go back. Yeah, yeah. Is that what you do with her? I I don't, I don't care. What is Brexit? Oh fuck, man! I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I do have some American friends, and that's all they want to talk to me about. Like, oh, I'm like, not... like I could have done fucking anything to prevent it. Like, I couldn't vote from here. Now, and now, what am I? What do you want me to do about it? Can you? Can you not? I don't. What is? What is England like? Can you? Do you just take her out and dust her off? Yeah, it's it's a dark and dreary place. Is Boris Johnson cool? Oh, does the hair not say at all? <laughs> Sorry, now we're we're way off topic. Um. Uh. Oh God, that's just so. You're just trying to goad me into calling you dirty names. Me? Yeah. No, I'm not. <laughs> um, I mean, God, there's just so much. Um, that that the fact that his his mic is on, 
when he's going pee yeah. and everybody listens to it. I my, love- my second favorite sight gag after the, the chalk drawing on the water was um, after he, there's just this running gag of him being a shit driver and just plowing into stuff or leaving his car running and it rolls off down the hill. There's a, there's a shot after one of those sequences where he arrives at the police station and instead, you know, you, you, you rock up to a police station and it's got, you know, the precinct on it. Well, this just, this says just the police station. I don't know what it was about. It's such a simple little sight gag, but that really kind of amused me. Well, it's funny. It, it totally, yeah. I, I know. I, I, and yeah. then there's the whole James Bond sequence where they've got to have like the quartermaster who gives him oh, all yeah. the. No, there's, there's, a, there's a bit that if you're not, I don't think if you're watching very hard, you miss it. But do you realize that as they walk through the door, Leslie Nielsen walks down stage of it and just walks through where the wall would be? Oh, does he? Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I didn't even if catch you, that. If you're not looking, you wouldn't. But but uh, Ed Hawken, uh, George Kennedy, and then the, the Q walk through the door. And, and Leslie Nielsen walks just down of it where the the wall would be. In our minds where the wall would be. It's, it's again, if you're yeah. not looking, you you wouldn't get it. But... Well, the the moment I like in that scene is the uh, where he's looking through the microscope, and the captain has to go use your open eye, <laughs> just to to further polish like what a fuck up this guy yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I um, uh, God, the fact that there's somebody named Mister Papsmear. He actually comes back in the third one as well. Oh, does he? Yeah, that's funny. God. Um, which yeah, as as a as a serious actor as Ricardo Montalban, like how much are you just like holding your head and sighing when somebody's okay? So you got to have a conversation now with a guy named Pap Schmier. But I, the thing I would that, love to see some B-roll footage of this stuff and just see how hard it was for them to like keep a straight face because I imagine this looks like a very funny film to have worked on. Yes, that's and that what, everybody had a good. That's time. what I was gonna say. Like if you're the the actress playing the the mayor, what's her name? Uh, we just talked Nancy about Nancy Marchand. Yes, where she has to deliver the line about you assaulted someone with a concrete dildo. Like I don't think that line is particularly funny, but I want to see her trying to get through that yeah it's a it's a script that you were given and you have to this is a line you have to say yeah it's one thing when you read it and yeah. you probably chuckle like, oh that, that's this is going to be a funny scene but when you are there on the day trying to get this shit out yeah completely straight faced yeah there's no way just try and utter the two words concrete dildo next to each other without fucking dying Oh my god! I will say that the uh, the busty lady and uh, him grabbing her her boobies not that that hasn't yeah. aged all that well. The other thing that really hasn't aged well is uh, when they kick him off the force after everything's gone wrong with Queen Elizabeth's visit and that first little banquet they're doing. Yeah, and he's like, ah, oh, the next time I shoot someone, I'll be arrested for it. Oh my god! Yeah. Like, oh, buddy. Yeah. That. Whoa. Yep. Yep, you don't know how uh, how, how uh, relevant that that might be, my friend. Yeah, that that went from zero to sixty. The other thing, he's oh, they're going. He's going through his old shit, and he's like, ah, oh, there's that evidence. I guess he was innocent. Yeah, he, he went to the chair two years ago. <laughs> so that that's uh, that's still tricky. Yeah, that, but it's nowhere yeah. near as bad as that first line. Um, how do you, hey? I got a question for you. How do you feel about safe sex? I always practice safe sex. The the giant condom scene is so that whole sequence is so ridiculous and the thing that thing that drives me crazy about it is, is you mentioned the all the noir tropes yeah in their scenes together and yes. the, the seduction and them sort of batting the ball back and forth with each other flirting yep. 
it strikes me that Nilsson could have been an amazing noir actor yeah. if he wanted to be. Because he gets that dialogue so well. He knows exactly what he needs to do in that scene, that they are playing on the noir tropes. Yeah. But he delivers them so straight-faced. Yeah, that, yes, yes. And it's it, and his performance in, in Airplane is very similar, where he... You know, normally if you're playing the straight man in, in a comedy, it doesn't it doesn't work. You're the one you you get to be the butt of jokes, or you're the setup for jokes. But yet, in, this is a a great lesson in how a straight man can can be the funny part of it, and yeah, the the deadpan seriousness of everything that he says. Like, there's the, one of the great moments is when he he's walking and he's he's saying all these things, and he ends up walking up. He realizes he like he's in the Hollywood Hills, and he's like. And where the hell am I? Oh, but yeah, still in that tone. One of the many montages in this film. Yeah. Speaking of montages, the um, are uh, you gonna bring when they come out of platoon laughing their asses off? <laughs> but that that yes, that's that, pretty good. That whole that whole sequence, and it's like, what? Oh, did I write the line down? Because I really hope that I did. Hold on one sec. Oh, damn it. Oh, I, oh yeah. I had a wonderful day, Frank. I can't believe we just met yesterday. And to, to, to assume that everything that we just saw. Oh, yeah, that montage and the, the number of like scene changes and costumes that they're wearing. I love when they close on clothesline the other couple when they're running through the waves. That's pretty. And the, the, doesn't that sequence end with like the music video thing? Yes. Where it's like the, the credits for the, the song yeah. and the the, the, yeah, the record label. And yeah, everything. all yes. of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. That, the, from, that was from, amusing. From the Naked Gun soundtrack. I think that was, was good. Says, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Um. See, I'm I'm finding things to appreciate. This is one of those movies. It's like a Napoleon Dynamite or any one of these kind of stupid movies where to watch it by yourself and to try and justify why you like it is tough. But once you get the camaraderie back and forth and you're finding the the things to laugh at together, this is this is not a movie to sit down and just watch by. You need to get some people together and get some drinks going. And, yeah, and you know, it's, shut the shut the brains off for. 90 minutes it is it, it yeah it is and and it's it's funny i'm i'm you know I, I look back at my you know my my kind of career as an actor and you know i i try to you know i try to only do shows that i feel passionate about you know but there are times where you just kind of do something schlocky and fun and it's it's not just for you you know it's that some people you know you people want to come and shut their brain off sometimes and, and just watch something that's funny and silly and that they don't got to overthink about and yeah, I mean, I, I know that we've kind of moved into a, it seems like a more modern era where comedies are either like really dark um, and they're moving, we're moving away from this kind of slapsticky, um, really visual gag humor. Um, I was thinking about uh, something like, you know, in Bruges, which is, which is so, which is, it's so dark. It's so one way. Well, and it's so intelligently written as well. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, some of the other uh, kind of comedies that are coming out these are older now, but like all the Will Ferrell stuff, you know, which is, it has, it has moments of this kind of visual kind of slapsticky stuff, but doesn't go nearly as far. You know, we, we really have moved so far away from these kinds of, of comedies. Well, and this is just, this is unapologetic in just how quickly it moves from oh, yeah. one to the other. Again, not allowing you to even really digest what you've just watched before they're off on something else. It's that, again, that ADD kind of filmmaking that I bring up. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, um, I, you know, and then of course, you know, I was, uh, it was kind of fun to see that the Mariners were a team that came up in the end. With oh, that's right, yeah, yeah, the, that's, that's what kills the film for me is the baseball stuff. It just goes on and on and on, the, well, the, the whole baseball sequence. It really, like, that last 
20 minutes are a little tough. Well, I, I mean, I would say that the the trying to find the guy who has... So so in, in, to maybe just clarify the plot a little bit... Um, what plot? R- Ricard, exactly. Ricardo Montalban <laughs> has this, this device that will essentially hypnotize somebody to do whatever you want, and he's going to hypnotize one of the players to shoot the queen. I think it's Reggie Jackson. It is it? Reggie Jackson. Yeah. To, to assassinate the queen during the uh, the seventh inning stretch. Um, so there's a sequence where he's basically filling up all the players to see if they've got a gun. And that I, I think, I think that part goes on too long. I do like the baseball sequence. I love the, uh, the umped dance. Steerack two. And just like, he has a whole, and clearly it changes to somebody else. And uh, I also, this movie has solidified one thing that I will always love about comedy comedy. And it is a great dummy fall. Anytime that there is a dummy falling from a building and we know it's a dummy, I will fucking laugh so hard. Well, are you, the, there's another like a dummy thing where Ricardo Montalban is supposed to be walking Priscilla Presley up the stairs. Yes, and the way he's just th- <laughs> that's it's, what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's absurd, utterly absurd. <laughs> that oh my god, that part came so out of nowhere that I that might have been the hardest I laughed actually during the entire thing. Yeah, just that's what I'm talking. And Rick, like Montalban, like he's a serious actor. Like I I do I do appreciate when you have those those people that are known for something a little more serious and they dip their toes in this kind of territory and they're able to laugh at themselves and do something that's a little bit off the cuff and who's, ridiculous who's the uh the actor who's in he's in bullet and he's also in um he's in uh, uh the magnificent seven. Oh, vaughn yes yes um he is in basketball oh really yeah and uh he he plays like the bad guy in it but some of the stuff that he has to do the interactions he has to do with trey parker matt stone and um Oh God, the woman in it. I can't remember her name. Um, it's it's you just look at these guys, you know, and they're and you know established, seasoned actors doing these just ridiculous ass things. Well, that's the only reason I watched Hot Rod is because Ian McShane plays Andy Samberg's dad in that, and I'm watching it specifically for Ian McShane just yeah. cutting loose. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen that. Yeah, it's fucking awful. Okay, well there you go. Um, I I do love the way that the the parade goes over the body at the end. I think that's just that's funny too. Um, and then we end with one more, you know, OJ Simpson's barely in this movie. And then he gets one last little bit where he goes down the stairs and shoots off into the field, which is yeah, one of the, one of the other things that hasn't aged so well about this film is the fact that OJ is in it. The juice is in fact loose. The juice is loose in this movie. Um, y- yeah, you know, I, what do you, I mean, what do you yeah, say? What are you going to do? I mean, it, I mean, if it, if it, if it brings anybody some, some solace, you know, he gets the shit kicked out of him through the entire movie. He's the butt of every joke of every well, scene. Well, literally in. in one of them, Leslie Nielsen like has his ass in his face. Yeah. And then when he's his, trying to... eventually his face ends up in OJ's crotch. Right. So yeah, there's, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I mean that. I mean, we pretty much went through most of the big sequences. I mean, there's the there's the part where he's in the in Montalban's office destroying everything accidentally. The player piano. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and, you know that's happening. You know, yeah. the second he steps into that office, like the whole thing is coming down. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't I don't know what to say, man. We I, I actually it was funny because I I was at a half price books not too long ago, a couple months ago, and they had this airplane and top secret as as like a three pack for like eight bucks i was like that's that's a good deal so i I picked it up and i probably watched this movie two or three months ago and when we were trying to think of stuff to do both years and genre wise to help mix it up i I was like we have to do this 
And so I actually, I did watch this by myself uh, just to take notes and stuff, but it's, I still found myself laughing very hard and very frequently. And yeah, I, like I said, I found myself chuckling in a couple of moments. And I, like I said, I have my actual chuckle count and it's 10. Oh, you, you hard bastard. I know I'm a, I'm a tough, I'm a tough crowd. Oh man. And, and, uh, and honestly, it's funny because I feel like this is usually the kind of movie that I don't like. Yeah. I don't, but I, I did, I, for whatever reason, I just find this so goddamn funny. I wish I could have found more sort of making. There's a ton of stuff on the making of two. Is there? And really not a lot on one. And I wanted to find out more about Zucker and Abrams and, yeah. and their kind of relationship. And there's not really a ton of information on them out I, there as well. I, I mean, I, I don't want to, I, I'll have so much more to say about airplane. Right. Um, but yeah, they're really, they're, I couldn't, I couldn't find a lot. No. There isn't. I mean, I like there were there were little things like the the studio wanted uh, an Academy Award winning actor to be in the show to help at least get some notoriety. So that's how George Kennedy came aboard as Hawk. Plus, plus he actually Kennedy really wanted to play Hawken in in the movie, um, and just you know little little bits like that. But there really wasn't a whole lot to find on it. Yeah, in in reading about it, the thing that surprised me the most is that you know what they did outside of these films. In fact, um, in fact, Jerry uh, Zucker. He uh, he tried his hand at more serious fare. He directed both Ghost and First Night, outside of working with his brother and Abrams, trying to do something that had you know a bit more weight. Zucker directed Ghost. Yeah. Wow. I don't know why I didn't know that. Yeah. And for and of course, First Night didn't do the business that they wanted it to do because it had the unfortunate. It came out right after Rob Roy and Braveheart. Yeah. And so it's like, well, here's the. It's nowhere near as good as these two. Well, and, and and nothing against him, but Richard Gere doesn't present that same kind of man's man i guess that yeah I guess he's, that's my opinion but i mean connery is great in it but yeah his lancelot is laughable at best yeah yeah i was also surprised the other big piece of trivia that i found is it's the eighth highest grossing film of 1988 so i mean that's it it did business and i'm i'm not so i'm not surprised by that uh i i think you know that people knew from airplane and and Leslie Nielsen's career and everything. I mean, and and I think this feels like a, a word of mouth movie too. Right. Like you know, I can't. Oh, I just got back from. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, I, 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 it's been a while since I've since I've gone to see a comedy in a theater. But I remember walking out of Wedding Crashers being like telling everybody about it. And whether or not the movie's aged well is up for debate. But I remember at the time we saw it on a Friday night. It was packed, and everybody it was it was like a fun buzz coming out of it. And and it was you know it was a cool moment to be able to go out and say yeah and tell people yeah, go see it, go see it. You know, it's fun. It's a good movie but, to see. But does it make it? Does it make it worthy of being in the thousand and one? Wedding Crashers. Or no. This Naked Gun. You know that that's that's tough. Um, it's funny. The more that I keep thinking about this book, and I keep trying to figure out what what is this book? Is it the thousand and one best movies ever made? Like, is this is this what we're trying to do, or is this is this essentially like a film history book trying to hit all the decades, the countries, the genres? And and the more that we go through this podcast, the more I think it's that. The more it's just here's a wide range of 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 things, right? We're throwing out the broadest net. And trying to pick the best from these, and of course, when you when you cast a net that wide, you're gonna you're gonna get some clunkers come back with it. Yes, and and, and, and for me, this is one of them. Yes, it it has some really amusing moments, and I think it's a great group film, you know, to watch with friends and to get a little buzzed. Uh, but Airplane's already in there, so why do we need Naked Gun as well? I, maybe I mean 
they're I mean it's funny I, I it's probably it's nostalgia and people who like I mean I I question I've already told you that I I you know I after Duck Soup, I wasn't impressed. I watched Horse Feathers, wasn't impressed. And they and Night at the Opera, they, there's still another Marx Brothers in there. And I'm not looking forward to it at all. Um, but, like, I would say, give me more give me more Zucker and Abrams. I, you know, I, I, I just, I, so I'm, 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 I'm just fine with, with two being in here. Because um, I, I think it should be in the book. Well, it's the, I was trying to think about other iconic important nostalgic movies from around this time and it's about a decade earlier but animal house isn't in the book and i think that has done more for the 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 zeitgeist if you will for than than naked gun has i think animal house deserves a place just as a random example i've got a whole i've got i've literally got a list of films that i think should be in the book instead of naked gun well i want to hear them um because i could probably well i mentioned i mentioned blues brothers on the west side story again that's another one from the 80s really nostalgic very funny movie i mean it's i love blues brothers i even though i didn't like stripes that's another one i'm like sure i think stripes is a little more worthy okay um and then i went way down that i was thinking um, you were talking about moving away from slapstick style comedies yeah and i think hangover is one of the last recent examples sure i mean it is a very intelligently written film and it's got darker parts to it but there is a there are very slapstick like moments in it yeah so i think even the hangover is a worthy replacement um i've also got Shaun of the dead yeah, Full Monty was another yeah. one. I, Full Monty is one that drives me insane. Isn't in the book. Yeah, again for for different reasons because again it is a it's not a straight comedy. There is some very dramatic, very heavy, yeah. weighty stuff in there. Oh, but abso- it's absolutely yeah. But Full Monty is one of those, and it's a perfect moment in time as well because you'd had four weddings and a funeral come out, so people are starting to get a bit more awareness for British filmmaking again because it kind of kind of fizzled out yeah. in the same in the opposite way of what you had here in the 80s with American blockbusters of course we didn't have that in the UK cuz our film industry is just smaller and it started sort of dwindling and it was really f- full monty and and four weddings that brought british filmmaking back to the forefront so sure. i think i i prefer full monty i think there's a great argument for four weddings going in the book as well but i think full monty is the more important one uh, the ironic one that I would replace Naked Gun with is actually uh, Lethal Weapon. And I, I, I see the irony there because Naked Gun is making fun of that type of movie exactly. But that sure. is, again, the argument for that going in there is it's the birth of the buddy cop yeah. kind of movie. I mean, you had 48 hours a few years before, but I mean, it's they're, they're not amazing. Lethal Weapon is at times so funny. Yeah as well as being like this big high octane just visually arresting action film that just grabs you and won't let go and it's got a performance from Mel Gibson that still it's, for it's me good. brings yeah. down the house it's great and i don't can we pause and see if i'm right about this pausing ian is getting his book pausing ba 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 da 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 looking up directors and films what will he bring to the table? And the final argument for Lethal Weapon going in instead of Naked Gun is Dick Donner is not represented in the book. Well, that is a damn shame. I know he's not the most lauded American filmmaker, but he is the guy responsible for us believing that a man can fly with Superman. I mean, The Omen is a great horror film. I haven't seen that. You haven't seen the original? No. Nah. It's, dude, it's awesome. Nah. I love the original Omen. Uh, it's just, it's shocking to me 
um, that he's not in the book, which, which means that he directed Goonies. So that means Goonies isn't in here either. And I know how much that movie, not to me, but I know how much that movie means to people. I'm okay with the Goonies not being yeah, in the book. So am I. Yeah, that's fine. I enjoy it, but I'm, I'm okay with it. But while we're talking about the power of nostalgia, because we have to discern that that's the reason Naked Gun is in here. Do we? I, I do. Okay. I think so. I, I, I think it's funny. I think it's funny, and I, I, I think a movie that makes people laugh this much should be in the book. But, but... That's a great list of movies you just said. You said The Hangover, and I was like, "That's a that's a that's a good one." And I yeah. do think there's a recency, especially a, a comedy recency bias in the book. And it they don't want to, or they're like they claim to be comedies. Like I think Tony Erdman is 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 said to said to be a comedy, and I fucking hate that. I God, I hate I hate that movie so much. It's not it's not good. It's not a good movie at all. Have you seen it? No, it I, sucks. I, I keep hearing that they're sucks. trying to mount an American remake with Jack Nicholson. If you can ever get him to stop going to basketball games and playing golf, good luck with that. No, no, don't, Jack. I know, listen. I know, Jack. Listen, I know you listen to our show. Please don't do that. No, at all. Please. Anyways, so it's is it a, is it a no from you? It is a no from oh, me. You with, suck. with several replacements. If you had to do one, Fulmonte, I'm. Mm, Push come to shove, gun to your head. I know it's it's from Lethal Weapon, Animal House, and Full Monty are the front runners. I mean, but I gotta, yeah, I gotta go because there's already representation with Airplane for American comedies, like big, nostalgic, game changing American comedies. You've got Airplane and you've got Spinal Tap, and I don't feel that English comedies are are represented enough. So yeah, I think I Full Monty is my definitive replacement. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Well, I mean, so look, there you have it. Ian does not think it should be in the book. I do. So, you know, That's our first split in a while. You know, it's been quite some time. Yeah, yeah we've been we've been oh, actually, which is funny, which is hmm, Naked Gun split us apart. Uh, <laughs> uh, of so, all the things to tear this friendship down. <laughs> fuck you, Leslie Nielsen. Uh, may you rest in peace. Yeah, um, yeah. So anyways, uh, that's what we think about The Naked Gun. But of course, we always want to know what you think. So please hit us up on Facebook and on Twitter. You can support the show at patreon.com slash 1001 by one. You can hear us on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts, and Podomatic, and any other places where, you know, you can, they jack our podcast and put other 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 podcast sites, which we're just fine with. So listen to us. Just That's the whole thing. Listen to our, our show. Um, coming up next week, we've got a, a twisty Twisty twister, twisty movie. Um, so, uh, so, so, yeah. Ooh, uh, it's kind of it's foreign and it's twisty and 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 I don't know that it's aged very well, but it'll be an interesting rewatch. Oh, it'll so. be my first time seeing it, so I'm, I'm pretty pumped. Mystery, mystery. We're not gonna tell you what it is. So, anyways, um, that is it for this week. Uh, talking about the naked gun, and until next week, I am Adam and I am Ian, and we will see you next week.